What up, and welcome to this installment of Generation Animal. We talk to our boy Johnny Fatteruso from Zaya's War, Stereo Mud, Blackwater Rising. Lots of laughs, it's a good one, and we hope you enjoy it. Generation Animal. I'm Troy, and we got Tony. Yo. And our guest tonight is the fucking unforgettable John Fatteruso. What's up? You may know him from Stereo Mud and from, God damn it, I can't believe that name escapes me. What was that project with Joey Z, John? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Uh, Dyer's War. Dyer's War? Zyre with a Z. Zyre. Zyre's War. War and just being an overall fucking maniac. What's up? And brother? don't forget, don't forget Blackwater Rising. That's right, Blackwater Rising. How the is fuck that... did I forget Blackwater Rising? So is that your current project? I actually was looking at currently, that. yes, but COVIDly, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, uh... What are you drinking, Troy? I am drinking. I'm on clear, so I'm drinking gin and tonic right now. Oh, I just had two of those before, but I threw a little Campari in it to make it kind of like Negroni-ish and a little, yeah, it's nice. Oh, I got to try that. Put, you know what? I was going to go buy, uh, the hell, vermouth, but I didn't feel like going to the store, so I was like, maybe it'll taste the right gin, tonic, and a little bit of Campari in it. Not bad, but I moved over and I went to my, my go-to. I went to my red wine. Nice, nice. I like the beard, man. The beard? I think got crazy. trimmed, man. It was like freaking. I was on a. Uh, me and Rob Flynn did a video thing like two weeks ago. Me, him, and his wife, right? And he's looking at my beard. He's like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "Your beard. It. This whole side. It, all of it was like wherever it is now down here. Go like that much more, but all the way around." <laughs> He's looking at my beard. I'm looking at his beard, and I'm like, dude, yours is like down here. He's like, yeah, but I trim the sides. And I'm like, okay, but I think like, I'm trying to do the Kirk from Crowbar thing. And he's like, I think you have him beat. I'm like, I don't think so. He's like, no, nah, I think so. He's like, it was like the quote of the week for me. I told, I'm thinking to myself, he goes, him and his wife, they're looking at me now. He's like, your beard is like a, like a pillow man he's like i want to take a nap in your beard i was like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I, was like I can't tell how big it gets that, that's fun so, <clears throat> one of my fucking best memories with you is yeah. i picked you up i don't know what the fuck we were thinking i think it was like I was telling tony this oh well yeah <laughs> well yeah, probably... yeah i didn't tell him what occurred i was waiting for you to come back yeah, it was probably so, Tony, know, it was uh, a Duff's night and I brought Rob Flynn to Duff's for his first time ever. And Duff was like, Jimmy just looked at, at, at the bartenders and said, these two are on the house all night. Yeah, Tony. And, so it was like probably, I don't know what time. It was like one of those random things like, yo, John, let's go out. He's like, oh, Rob's in town. He's like, no, you showed up out of nowhere the night we we. No, no, I the... picked you up that night. No, I, that I, was I the picked... Life of Agony in Jersey show. Was that what that was? Yeah, when it was pouring rain and you're driving, you're like, 
I'll drive, get me on the list. I'm like, you're my plus one, let's go. And we drove to the freaking Starland and oh, it okay, was yeah. raining and it was a mission. And you were just like, you looked at me and you're like, I don't want mean to offend any listeners, whoever's out there. Li- Man, I hate white people. <laughs> <laughs> you were so aggravated because of traffic, and you were like, I hate white people. I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> so I thought I picked you up that night. No, the Flynn night, you dropped, you brought me home because out of nowhere, I turned around, and you're like, what's up? I was like, oh, my God. I was like, Troy's here. I'm like, dude, please, you got to drive me home tonight because otherwise I got to go to Manhattan and to take the train. You're like, I got you. And yeah, you, okay. I remember pulling up, and I remember seeing you, and then I remember fucking... We were blowing flames in the street. Yeah, yeah. fucking Rob Flynn, who got those that don't know from Machine Head, is outside the club blowing fucking flames out of his mouth. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> huge fireballs. I was like... It's gonna be one of those fucking nights. It's gonna be a five o'clock night after they close the doors in the basement. Way into it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like we were already there. Like if I was coming from somewhere else, it was that was that was it it was the next morning when you dropped me off. I was telling Tony, you woke me up in the car like I'm by Peninsula Boulevard. I was like, get off, going south. I was telling Tony, I don't remember anything after Peninsula Boulevard. I know somehow I maintained consciousness to get you to where I lived. And I woke up the next morning, like, it felt like someone had a spike through my head and they were pounding my body like, uh, what's that movie with the soap? Uh, Full Metal Jacket. (laughs) And I texted Rob, like, What's up, man? He was like, oh, I went and did hot yoga this morning. I was like, what? Because <laughs> you know what? Doc Doc Coyle is the one who took him back to his hotel because he had to go back to Jersey. Oh, Doc drove him home? Doc was bartending that night. I yeah, think. I remember Doc bartending that and night. And Doc took him and you took me and me and him were probably the most <laughs> – we were the two most incoherent ones in the bar that night because it, I, I don't – ugh. Oh, my God. And you, know, you know what's funny? Yeah. When the fire comes out, me and Rob are known for this, though, because when I lived in San Francisco, his birthday party at his at – his, uh, when he lived in Berkeley, at his house, wife has a birthday party for him. And towards the end of the night, everyone's getting, you know, out of hand. And now there's, like, maybe five of us left. The party – everyone dispersed. And we kept going. And he – wanted to blow fireballs into a tiki torch. And he he grabs a bottle of vodka. I'm like, that's not going to work, man. And he's like, watch this. And he drinks and not working. We keep blowing it out. The flame kept going out. And then it turned into his wife went inside, shut all the lights off in the backyard. So now we're standing in the pitch black with like a tiki torch and then one to blow flames with. And didn't work that time. Fast forward a couple of weeks later, we're at a club in San Francisco and one of the bartenders, it was me, him, and I think Will from Death Angel. We got this, uh, I don't even know what they gave us, and the ceilings were low. We're blowing fireballs like crazy where it's hitting the ceiling, and we got told to stop. And then, <laughs> then all these years later at Duff's that night, it was, you know, Duff was like, oh, you want to blow fireball? Yeah, he hands us the bottle of 151. And again, he, he and I, when we get together, when it's a 
type of night like that with he and I, it gets like that night. It's there's no. I asked him when he texted me, "Yo, you want to get some dinner?" I was like, "Yeah, all right." He's like, "Come meet me in the city," and I'm thinking, "All right, it's gonna be me." And I was like, "Is it gonna be one of those nights, or are we just getting dinner?" And he was like, "Yeah, let's see what happens." And then <laughs> when I got there, yeah, he was like, uh, "Jose is gonna be at Duff's later." I'm like, "We're in Manhattan." He's like, "Where's Duff's?" I'm like, "It's in Brooklyn." I never been there. I'm like, well, "We had dinner, went back to his hotel." Relieved ourselves, went to the bodega on the corner, bought a six-pack of Blue Moon, jumped in a cab, and drank a six-pack on the way. When we got there, Jimmy and someone were out front, and we finished our beers, and we went in, and then it just went sideways. Yeah, see, I thought I drove you there that night. I guess I was oh, wrong. Oh, you took me home. You saved my ass that night, dude. Well, apparently, if I, don't, if I thought I'd drive you there, I probably wasn't in the best shape to take you home. Well, then you had my life in your hands, and, and you know. What was I driving? What was I in my Acura? Well, what car did you have? Was it the Acura? Oh, it had yeah, to be. it might have been. It wasn't a truck. It was a car. Yeah, it had to be my Acura. This is, oh, oof, this is uh, around the Blackening Tour, I think, or something like that. Was it that long ago? Yeah, 2008 or nine or no, it wasn't Locust, that. Locust, I don't remember. No, it wasn't that late, was it? I thought it was like 2000. Could have been 2012. Like you might be right. I think it was. It might have been Locust. Right after Locust, during Locust. No, it was right before they went in to do Locust because he was in town that weekend to do. Uh, he was taking. Uh, uh, classical guitar lessons, and then he was taking some vocal lessons. Yeah. So uh, it's it was funny. Right before they did Locust. I'm not ignoring you right now. I'm looking for something, which I can't find. There's a picture of me, you, I know Joey Z, and Chris, Chris Hamilton. Hamilton. I got it. You I'll got that picture? Yeah, I got it. I'll text it to you. Send that picture to me right now. Well, I can't do it right now. I'm on the freaking phone. What, what, what do you got, a fucking flip phone? <laughs> no, man, I don't know how this shit where I don't want to, like, go off and come back. I'll send it to you. Like, <laughs> Dude, you know how you have no idea. My wife was like, don't be an idiot. Don't drink too much. Be professional. I was like, dude, it's my friend Troy. I was like, are you kidding me right now? You got don't drink too much. Now I got to plug my phone in because my don't phone. Don't drink too much. That's all we Yeah, I got a man. bottle of wine. I showed Tony before. <laughs> Tony, say something. Oh, I'm just uh, making sure I'm on the right track. I can track see you're just laughing and smiling there, looking at a good me time. Because I'm, uh, uh, I'm remembering the first time I went to Duff's was with Troy. <laughs> wait, wait. The first time you what? Went to Duff's, and uh, I was with Troy as well. <laughs> and it was insane. See, Troy is a psychopath. That's all I'm going to say. Where's my outlet? God damn it. We went there and um, Doc was bartending. Yeah. And who else was there? Was Par was Terrence with us? I don't know. I can't remember. I mean, we were. Oh. I mean, next thing you know, there was just a, a bottle of Jack Daniels on the back table, and we were just drinking. And Nobody I makes it home from Duff's the first time. It, Dude, it was fucked up. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. My wife has only been there one time. And that was a couple of months ago uh, after violence was in New York 
uh, I guess it was the weekend Slayer was playing the Garden for their farewell tour. Mm. Violence was booked Friday and Saturday in, uh, in Brooklyn. So Friday, you know, Phil's like, you're coming, right? I was like, yeah, we'll be there. So we go Friday to the Violence show, and then my wife ended up experiencing Duff's afterwards. And uh, it was tamer than normal, but, we, you know, we were pretty – twisted but i don't even remember how i don't actually i gotta ask her how we got home that night i don't remember <laughs> and, and i, I really so, i don't remember just so people know doc is doc from the hell's his new group now god bad, forbid bad wolves. bad wolves god forbid and bad wolves yeah bad wolves man i fucking love that he got in that gig man he really I, i'm so happy for him dude hey, i'm there. just he's been pounding it for you know as long as we going have. from you know they're doing God forbid, they're up and coming, you know, they're doing mm-hmm. their thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, what happened to God forbid? And he's bartending at Duff's and moves to LA, various things. And now it's like bad wolves. It, it's not my style. It's not what I listen to, but good for them. You know, Man. I well, first met him it's back like, then. I met him before. I Tommy, met him that Tommy Vex has been, how long has Tommy been? Yeah. I mean, shit, man. Just, I remember Tommy when he was just like Roadrunner United Party at uh, the Nokia PlayStation Theater, whatever they call it now. I remember meeting him. I, I think I met him that night. He was he was still drinking. And he, oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna go up on stage and do a song. And I'm thinking, how? Who the hell are you? You know? <laughs> oh, Dino, Bubba, dude, he swindled his way somehow on stage, grabbed the microphone through Dino, and just. I'm like, oh, there's this kid that I was drinking with earlier, you know? I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> but it's weird because we've all – so me and you are not on the same page musically, but at the same time we are because there's a big difference between, like, Dead Superstar and Perseverance and there's a big difference between Zyre's War and Stereo Mud. Yeah. Yeah. But we all – rotated in the same circle so tony i don't know if you know so right after dead uh, excuse me um perseverance hit like i played with john john was in a local band from long island that we played together right when we fell off boom stereo mud because i was working for life of agony and that transition transition where Corey came in to replace alan wait you were around that you working you were working for life of agony yeah, because I was doing a lot of shit with Samson with Life of Agony. Oh, so right. what, this is how it broke out. <clears throat> I remember I when Corey Joey came Z. up with Life of Agony. I knew Joey Z and I knew Keith forever, Nina. Yeah. And shit, because we played together a lot. And we sort of rode their coattails into getting signed. And then, you know, fast forward, I was working for Samson and I was doing a lot of shit for Anthrax. Right. Oh, you were up in Westchester, right? Yeah, yeah. We're up in, it wasn't even Westchester. I think it was New Rochelle or some shit like that. Uh, Somewhere up there. Yeah, it was right when um, What's His Face came in that replaced Scott and shit. So, um, what's his name that does, um, what band is that now? Oh, Casiano or? Yeah, yeah. Right when Rob Casiano came in. So I was doing a lot of shit for them. And then. Mike Monterrell was like, hey, can you help me out with Life of Agony? We're doing some wireless shit. Yeah. So I reconnected with Life of Agony. I started working with Joey. I started working with Alan. And then there was like a whole thing. That was when 
it was a whole drama thing we're not going to get well, into because that's their business. And out of nowhere, stereo mud. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But I never met you. I yeah. I think we crossed paths before then, but we never crossed paths doing the whole stereo mud, that whole thing when it was coming together when I was sort of working with them. No, you know why? They had uh, Mark Chauzy from Fight was playing with them at first. Okay. For the first, I guess. Fight, the, the um, Judas Priest, uh, Rob Halford. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so he was the original guy, and what was I doing at the time? I had, okay, I had auditioned for Machine Head, moved out to the Bay Area, and it ended up being uh, down to, like, me and Aru, and they took Aru, but I was planning on moving out there anyway because I had lived out there before, and, uh, yeah, I moved out there in 94, 98, I audition for machine head i was the first guy they played with after logan left like they had audi- oh, logan left whatever drama they went through and business stuff and you know personal stuff then they were having auditions and uh i went out there i was the first guy to audition and aru was like way down the line and after like i guess like 50 guys from what I was told it was me and a room and they took a room <clears throat> and uh, I came back to New York a couple of months later and uh, I already knew about stereo mud because I read about it in a magazine you know those little blurbs they'll have like the metal news I don't even remember what metal magazine but there'll be like all these columns and then highlighted names it said uh Joey Z, Dan Richardson, Corey Lowry, Stereo Mud. And I remember reading it. I could see it in my head, and I remember reading it and saying, that's a cool name. I'm like, wow, that's a cool name. It puts out a visual, you know? And didn't think two things of it after that. Just went about my life. And, jeez, uh, I guess oof, October, September, or whatever it was, or like 99, I get a phone call from Nick St. Dennis. You know Nick St. Dennis? He used to be in propane, played bass yes. and systematic. Yes, yes, yes. Propane. Okay. One of my closest friends calls me up and he goes, uh, uh, hey, man, you know. Uh, no, no, actually, Dan called me and he goes, hey, man, Nick told me to give you a call, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, yeah, you know, well, give me some shit, you know. And he went to his house. He, didn't, he lived in Long Beach, so I drove to his house. Knew Dan for years. He gave me the demos. Eric was there staying at his house. Gives me... You know, Eric lives near me, right? What's that? You know, Eric lives near me, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, we're all still in touch. The whole band, we're all... Everyone talks to everybody. Everyone's (laughs) cool, man. Uh, I love Eric Rogers, man. Dude, Eric's awesome. I I love him. In all his craziness, I still fucking love him. Dude, I love every guy from that band. And, you know, we went through our... Ego, got my wine, got my, you know, we went through our bruised ego. You fucking lied. You did this, you did that. Oh, this yeah, I witnessed that, that a couple so, of times. Everybody does it. And it hurt because, you know what, man, those guys were my, that was my, I fucking love those guys. And if everyone was on board and had the timing to do it at one time, I'd, I'd do it in a second. In a second. You, you couldn't, 
make me not do it, you know? And I know everybody, if we had the time to do it, we'd do it. Corey's I, doing awesome right now anyways. He plays guitar for Seether, which I, I still can't wrap my brain around that. Exactly. You know, so here you go. Here's the six degrees of separation. You did Life of Agony. Well, you did fucking um, Stereo Mud. Yeah. Corey did Stereo Mud. Yep. And then my manager when I was in, it was right at the, not the birth, but like when something to take off, my manager was like, hey, listen. Actually, it was my old label rep from when I was in Perseverance. He's like, hey, listen. Um, so Bones has got this thing popping off. It's, they're doing all fucking stuck mojo things. Um, do you want to do it? And I was like, I don't know. I just got the force. So I moved to North Carolina. And I was like, I don't know. Then he gave me the number, and I was like, Yeah, I'll do it for that. I, I could, I could use that money. I'll do it for that. And I went down, and I wind up playing with Bones, doing the whole stuck mojo. Offset. Wait, you were doing? You were playing mojo, or you were doing like Bones's newer thing? So it went from stuck mojo to um, killing the workplace with Bobby Burns. Right. And then I became Bobby Burns. Okay. And it became Bones. I remember that. All right, so I was the second bass player for the hired gun bass player for Bones. Wait, for... did we not do a show together in Atlanta? No, I did one with Dangerous New Machine. I did not do one with you. Uh, I was after Stereo Mud. Yes, and then I wound uh, up playing okay. with Bones for a while, and I got the whole... You have to pick a fucking god. You can't be in both bands type of thing. Right. So, of course, I went with the thing that I helped start. But, yeah, it's weird. It's like that little fucking, that little circle. And, and then I wind up getting caught to fucking produce one of the Dead Superstar records. Yeah. It's just fucking nuts, bro. Yeah, now here we are doing this and sitting there thinking like, huh. Do I want to sit in a van or an RV and exactly. like pay people to let me play? No, no, exactly. No, man. You know what? Here, I'm in my, uh, you know, my little music room at home. I, you know, here's my, nice. my baby. You know, I got, you know, my other little baby here. I, it's, it's, it's. Listen, I'll never stop playing my guitar ever. You know, you might not, you know, Blackwater Rising is my band. We don't know when we're allowed to play again because of this whole friggin' virus thing. But, you know, I'm in Blackwater Rising. I'm in my room with all my gear right now. Every day I come, well, I try to every day. But even if it's like five minutes, pick up the guitar, something comes out where it's like, that's a cool riff. Like, I'll noodle for five minutes and be like, oh, there's a riff. Okay, stockpile. But not a Blackwater Rising riff. It's for, I have this thing in my head where uh, I don't even want to say, oh, a solo record because who the fuck am I? I'm just some schmuck from Long Island. You know what I mean? I, uh, I've done some cool things. I, I If I look Russo. back on my wife, my wife brings it up and says, you've done a lot. And I'm like, how do you figure? And I'm like, I don't look at that. If I look back and reminisce, I'm like, wow, man, I actually did do a lot of cool shit and met a lot of awesome people. And I'm not one of those people where it's like, 
I'm calling this one and I'm going to bother them and let them do me a favor. It's like, I don't, I don't want to bother people. It's just one day I'm getting older, but one I have, I got a record in me that I'm master of puppets is my go-to. It's the greatest record of all time to me. Uh, That's okay being wrong, but go ahead. (laughs) My master of puppets is, I got it. I have it. I have it written in my head, but the madness won't come out yet. It's just riff at a time. And I'm like, all right, I have all this material. I have a, I have so much material and it's like, I am a true to the bone fucking thrash metal head period. But a dynamic one, you know, I want the little, I want the clean parts. I want the harmonies, but I'm like, my brain is still fucking with me, you know, where it's my OCD and my ADD kind of meet in the middle. And you're wondering what this is. I, I, uh, pour my tendon in my finger. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, I, I have, oh man. I, and, and, and I don't want it to just be like, it's kind of like Dave Grohlish, I guess, like a Foo Fighter where it's like, I have it. I can't play the drums, but I know what I want in my head. So I need that drummer that can, like, here's the basic beat, but I need you to make the magic happen. And, you know, and I know the drummer I want. I know the guy, maybe I'll use two drummers. I got two drummers in mind. Do I know them? Bass players, I don't know if I want to do it. But I don't, I don't know. All right, first of all, you're a guitarist. Yeah. You're not a fucking bass player. No, I started. Wait, wait. Could, hold, hold, hold on. I am talking right now. Hold on. <laughs> you could try. You're just a fucking guitar player holding the bass. <laughs> I started on bass when I was 13 before guitar. Fingers of pick. Now I like pick bass players. I don't like you, Troy Mosby. Okay, and that's why you're a. <laughs> nah, douche. you're awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> that's why you're a douche because you use a fucking pick. You were playing with Bones after yes. Bones and starting up uh, Dead Superstar. Yeah, I, well, I was playing with Bones and Dead Superstar at the same time. Um, Dead Superstar was where my heart was, but Bones is where the paycheck was. If that makes any sense? I'm sure it makes sense to you. Yeah, look, you know, if you're going to leave home and leave your family and whatever, you know, bills yeah, need was, to be paid, man. I was in a rough time, dude. I was going through divorce. I was living five states away, and I was just, you know, commuting back to New York and still working. You know, I was just trying to do whatever I could to survive at that fucking point, bro. You know, it's been, it, it's been, I wouldn't change a fucking thing. There are a couple of things here and there. But I wouldn't change a thing if I had to go back and do it all over again because I had such a great fucking time. I made, met so many great fucking people, Tony yeah. and you being fucking one of them, two of them rather. Um, but I wouldn't change anything, man. I just, it would take a lot right now for me to yeah. get back in there and do that shit again. Man. It's hard, man. And it's not the passion. I got the passion. I, I, I could tour for days. You know what it is? I love my house and my wife too much to want to go away to be around a lot of fucking fraudy, phony people. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the money, but at a certain time, it's like, you got to pay your bills, man. And when, yeah, man. when other people are getting paid off your work and you're the last in line, it's like, wait a minute, you want us to do a service, but 
everyone gets paid before you see a dime. How am I supposed to support my family, my pay my electric bill and whatever? And I, 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 my wife is fucking awesome. And she wants nothing more than to see me be back where I was. But I look at her, I'm like, different world. Everyone right now with the COVID and the music industry being any entertainer, we're, we're fucked, man. Every, you know, with, if you don't have a backup plan after, I would say, 35, you're, you better fucking look out, man, because you're going to have a hard life. <laughs> yeah, reality's going to come real fast, man. It's going to um, hit you quick. So after I <clears throat> left that superstar, I, Jesus Christ, what, are we talking four years ago, Tony? Probably about that, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even years. know you left the band. I thought the band just no. went away. I so <laughs> I did everything on. I've always had, and I learned it from from perseverance. Having a carpet ripped out from under my feet, which you know yeah. I, I'm talking about, and shit. Um, I learned a valuable lesson that there's no 401k or state retirement plan yep. for fucking rock stars. Fucking a, yeah. <laughs> so. I, I learned it. I learned that lesson early enough. So I always put everything into a tier that, okay, <clears throat> in a year, I need to be here or I got to reevaluate. In a year, yep. I got to be here, I need to reevaluate. So I was way out of my divorce. I was with Amy, who's my wife now. Yep. Ding, ding, Congratulations, ding, ding. by the way, and happy birthday as Thank well. Thank you, sir. Thank you for her. Happy birthday. Um, so, you know, and I was working and I was touring and all that stuff and we were making it happen and then shit just got stagnant and a bunch of other drama started fucking appearing that <clears throat> I've always been, if it wasn't fun, then yeah. I got to get out of it because yeah. that's why I got out of perseverance between the yep. drug use, not by me, by others. Yeah. I, I had to get the fuck out of it. And so with with that superstar i was just like all right well you know what i'm getting up there with me and you john and i was just like i can't be fucking trying to be ozzy osbourne at 50 years old yeah and yeah. Shit. and i was i made a conscious decision because shit was fucking flatline and i was put you know and there's always that one person in the band that puts more in financially and business-wise than everybody else and i need to have a fucking return and it got to that point, and I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to do this. I'm not having fun. We were going on a four-week tour. Three days in, I'm texting Amy. I, I'm ready to fucking come home. Yeah. Buses breaking down, vans breaking down, fucking whatever the fuck you're driving and breaking the fuck down. Now I'm losing money. I'm lucky if I'm fucking breaking even. The, the time out there was fucking amazing. That last yeah. tour me and you did together Yeah. Um, before I left. It was that was brutal, man. I mean, you were sitting there talking, just like I don't know anymore, man. It's like it was like every day there was like a new thing. It was like, oh, we need to find three hundred dollars. Oh, no, no, we gotta find another five hundred dollars. You're like, Jesus Christ, this is turning yeah. into a nightmare. And the shows were great, but yeah. that doesn't negate all the other shit that was going on. It does for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, and then, for, like, hey, and then you, you wake up the next morning, you're like, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just broke even on this day. <laughs> yeah. Talking about that superstar. Yeah, talking about that superstar. And Dude, I, was like, I remember you guys had that uh, massive RV 
because we yep. played uh, Philly together. I think was it Philly? It wasn't. It was Reading, PA. Reading, PA. I remember because I we have there's a photo somewhere of all of us on your RV. We took took a selfie. Yeah, getting and, fucking uh, hammered. I remember that. So that same night, I went to go turn the corner with that RV and scrunch the whole side of it. <laughs> I, I, remember, it like, I remember a lot of alleyways to try to get to that. What club was that? That was fucking. It was in Reading, PA. Was it had like reverb? three rooms. What was, was these ways, Tony? Was it Reverb? Yes. Reverb. Yes. They, they had like. You three sure? Rooms. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, man. It was a Reverb. It's got a big stage, a small stage, and something else. Right? There's like three What's different the, rooms. Because we played. Play? Oh, it wasn't Allentown. We didn't do Allentown with you at that place. It was the pizza place in front. And it had that's Croc dude, That's the same place. We but, played there too. Yes. Croc Rock is that play Croc Croc Rock. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. played two shows in a row. Okay, and yeah, yeah. The one show we played, me That was the King's X tour, wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't. It was me, you, and fucking Nonpoint was upstairs. Really? Yes. Wow. Nonpoint was upstairs because I crunched the whole side of that bus trying to cut that corner in the back alley that night. <laughs> wow. So how that happened. I just remember having a picture. Everyone jumped up on your RV, and, and I'm thinking, where the hell are they getting the money to pay for an RV? Hey, hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know. And after a while, man, it, it's like, I mean, I, I hate saying it's a bruise to the ego, but, I mean, it sucks, man. It really sucks. Reality really hits when you're, you know, I mean, I was, let's see. Shit, I was playing fucking arenas at one point, you know, with Disturbed and all these other bands. And then all of a sudden, the downloading, everything, everything shifted. And then next thing you know, you're still in a bus, but you're, what happened here? You know, what's going on? Why are every, you know, why is it that our song is doing great on radio, but Money is money isn't coming in. It just so, th things got shady, man. And so yeah. it's funny you say that, not to cut you off. So yeah. the same thing that ruined the music in industry, and you know I hate the fucker, but fucking um, Lars Ulrich was fucking Dude, out of his time with that. I supported that guy a hundred percent the whole time. I, I never supported him. I never supported him. I always did. I was like, dude. If he doesn't do it, who's gonna? And then the record industry is thinking, we're the record industry. No one can stop us. It's like, dude, you better adapt or die. And look look where we are. But the same thing that killed it is the thing that made Perseverance. Because we got fucking a lot of fans and a lot of notoriety because people was downloading it off of Napster. And it was fucking great. And we were getting great shows. We were touring Biohazard, touring Life Agony, touring... Yeah, I couldn't even answer that, man. I took that money and ran, brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mom sat me down one day when I was, oh, man, 20, between 21 and 23. And I was drinking a lot. Like, I was drinking a lot. I'm not a big drinker. I like my wine. I like a little smoke. But other than that, man, I learned my lessons young, and I'm glad I did. And, uh, she sat me down one day and was like, uh, here's what's going to happen. She had like a stack of envelopes. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? She's like, sit down. 
sat me down at her dinner table. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to teach you how to budget your money because, you know, my mom was a single mother raising three kids and, you know, welfare, all the bullshit stories you hear about broken homes. You know, we were broke. My dad didn't want to, he didn't want to give as much as he was supposed to. Ego got bruised, whatever. Years ago, but she, we were on the balls of our ass, man. We were broke. I was getting third hand me downs, you know, like cousin, brother, me. And it was like, fuck. No, I was that kid. And, uh, you know, I hit the bottle at a certain age where I was like, oh, whatever, fuck it. I don't, you know, I, I didn't care. I, you know, it was like drink to see what would happen. Maybe I'll make it through the day. Maybe I won't. You know, maybe I'll make it home. Maybe I won't. But, <laughs> you know, uh, looking back at it, I was an angry fucking pissed off kid. I'm trying to be a rock star. I wanted to be Metallica like anybody else. And, uh, you know, go to rehearsal, go drink. And my money went to music and booze. And uh, she sat me down and she was like, here's how you're going to budget your money. This envelope is for your phone bill. This envelope is for your rent. This is for your car insurance. This is for gas. And I was like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I get paid. I give you some money and then I drink. You know? No, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll tell you right now, my, it drives my wife fucking crazy sometimes because – to a fault almost it's like i'm too like you know we have savings but it's like I, if she wants to buy something i'm like no 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 wait i gotta do the books you know and it's it's really it, it makes it pisses me off sometimes because it's like what the fuck am i doing man you know i'm not that 20 year old kid you know i get a paycheck she gets a paycheck but had it not been for my mom doing that the paychecks i saw being in stereo mud i'd be Fucked, man. I would have drank it all. I would have bought cars and bullshit and whatever. And I was like, you know what? I didn't make millions. Not even close. But more money than fucking dudes like us are ever going to see, you know, trying to be a fucking, you know, look at me play. You know, I, I, I you know, the right time, right place, right band. It, it was good while it lasted. It was great while it lasted. And, you know, we had great shows i i've made some fucking amazing friends you know look where you know I, you now i know tony <laughs> fucking i met some amazing fucking people and never burnt a goddamn bridge in my life and i never will because you know just be nice to everybody well, shake hands smile if they're an asshole we talked about it on the phone last week if you're an asshole you're an asshole correct and you're gone one or two but, one or two statuses, asshole or cool. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You got to keep the assholes in your little basket back here because one day you might need that asshole, but you keep them at bay, man, you know? And it's just, you know, I, I was smart with my money. I, I knew that I got per diem every Monday, and it was like, you know what? I got paid, paid my taxes. I told my mother, I was like, I didn't want to, I don't need it. I keep this in house, you know, family, mom, checks coming to your house. When it gets there, open an account. I don't want to know where it is. I don't know what it's doing. Just nice. make sure it's not something that's going to lose money. Put it away where I can't get to it. I don't want access to it, but this much in my, 
you know, fun money account for me to get to and pay my credit card bill off, which was like, I think at the time, like 1100 bucks, 1500 bucks, whatever. We paid it off. I think I took $4,000 for myself and I took a nice round number and I put it, dude. And you know what happened? The single hit went to number six on billboard fucking charts. And I could prove it. I got the, I got the, I got, I got it somewhere in my records as a photocopy. We were number six on the fucking billboard charts with Godsmack and Tool and Because you at the fucking time. jerk offs fucking did the first, what was that called? Farm Fest. What was that fucking thing? Farm what Club. was that fucking show? What was Farm the name? Club. That's how we got signed. What was the name of it? Farm Club. Matt Pinfield. Yeah, you guys did the pilot for that fucking thing. That's how we got signed off that show. I remember that. We didn't get signed. All right, here's something that people might not know. We didn't get signed because they were members of Chrome Suckers, Propane, Life of Agony, and Stuck Mojo. No one gave a shit about that. No one cared. No one cared. Nobody cared. <laughs> one more time. One more time. It it helped as far as the street. Oh shit. Oh I fell. It helped. That was that was the my band members just flew in and fucking knocked my phone down like Yo, they did it again. <laughs> the first one was Dan, the second one was Corey. Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the uh when it came down to stereo mud, man, it was like that sh- as far as the, the, the fans, like the street kids in Europe and all that stuff. Okay, stuck mojo, live agony, propane, awesome. But as far as record labels, no one gave up they didn't give a fuck because what was Stuck Mojo? They were on Century Media. Okay. What was Life Agony? They were on Roadrunner. We're talking like major labels, Sony, you know. It maybe drew attention. We had a foot in the door as far as like getting a listen. But when it came, I remember on tour, like Joey would tell fans like, you know, hey, man, yeah, I used to be in the band Life Agony. Most of the kids didn't know because we were a radio band. You know, we, we hit on radio and me and Joey were the two guys in the band where it was like, we need, we got offered, uh, I think three weeks on fear factory. Prime of 55 was on the tour and they got thrown off, I think. And it was an opening. We got offered, I think three weeks on the tour from what I remember. This is going back a ways, but we didn't take it. And me and Joey were like, why aren't we doing this? We need those fans because they're the Roadrunner fans that know Joey, Dan, Corey from the underground metal stuff. And a lot of people don't know that it's like, there's your local band scene, and then there's your like, I, I, I mean, there's no disrespect to any of these bands, the Stuck Mojos, the Life Agonies, that, that middle tier where you're, playing the Roseland, but you haven't, you're not Pantera Roseland. You're, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, you, you know, you guys you're not, know. You're, you're not like, playing the convention center in Jersey. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're like, playing fun. Yeah, like yeah. Pantera played the Roseland. It felt like they played there every fucking weekend. It felt yeah. like I was at the Roseland every weekend to see Pantera, but it was like, you could, it was weird. It's weird, man. It, it just, I was at every one of those fucking shows, but when Stereo Mud went, the label almost wanted to not associate 
like before we got signed, we were at. The, I remember going to the Roxy in New York City to go see Biohazard, Slipknot, and somebody else. But it was me, Corey, Joey, Dan, and we were handing out flyers online about stereo money, stereo money, stereo money. And I remember going to that show. We we didn't, you know, we went to saw whoever play, and then uh, the label wanted it like. Fuck all that stuff, man. You guys have a strong fucking record here, and we want you here. We don't want Roadrunner. We want Linkin Park, and hence the new metal label, all that bullshit, which I fucking hated it the whole time. I hated being called new metal. I, I hated it. I still hate it today. I'm like, how are we new metal? There was no rap. There was no... Icky, icky, icky shit. And we were just a hard rock band, more on the metal side with great vocals, you know? Yeah, but, Eric did a great job on that record, man. The first dude, one, he was fucking amazing on that, that record. That motherfucker dude. is the littlest dude on earth with the biggest pipes I've ever heard. And I can't believe he, whether in stereo mode, after stereo mode, before, I don't know how that guy isn't. Yeah, like, yeah. You know Even I mean? with the dangerous new machine shit. He was fucking phenomenal, dude. I just don't know. He had, oh my god, it it frustrates the shit out of me because when I heard the demos of Stereo Mud, I don't know if you ever heard the demos. No, I never heard them. There was a song that we had that didn't. It made the record, but we were kind of talked into changing it. It was a song called Pace. We played it on Farm Club. That was the song that got us signed. Really. It was, uh, it, it got changed old man. the record to call it the song Get Me Out on the first Stereo Mud record. Everyone in the band fucking hates it. And that I could actually speak for the whole band. We fucking hate it because the original version, Pace, is what we wanted. We got talked into changing it into something more sellable. But it's like, wait a minute. That was a song we played on Farm Club and we got signed off of in... I mean, we got signed off of other stuff, but that was the song on Farm Club that they aired. That's the song we played, and they destroyed it. They ruined the song. I hate that song. I oh, hate the song. Let me interrupt you for a second. Tony, yeah, do yeah. you remember Farm Club? Yes. It was you on After Wrestling. Club. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. I don't. I can't tell you specifics about it right now, but I do remember. As soon as you said uh, the host. Um, the Doritos girl and Matt Pinfield were the Matt host. Matt Pinfield. As soon as you said Matt Pinfield, uh, it came to my head. Like, and oh, the yeah, Doritos girl, what's her name? Allie Landry. Nah, so, fuck that. I, I don't remember her. I remember Matt Pinfield's show. I do remember what you're talking about. Perseverance, man. That's a fucking... I saw them play... Uh, you weren't in the band yet. This no, probably... I was in the band because I started that fucking band. There's no way you saw me Perseverance? that band. Yeah. Wait, when, did, when were you in the band? Um, from day one, when I named it Perseverance and started it. Wait, I thought you... Oh, wait. When did you leave the band, then? I never. I ended... Hold on. I... Oh, wow. Hold on, hold on. I thought you joined, like, a later version of Perseverance. Man, I don't join shit except for fucking... All right, bones. so hold on a minute. So let me throw a date at you. What are you drinking there? What is that? Is that... Is that a naked picture of me? That's me, bitch. Oh, I thought that big, I thought that big long thing was my penis. <laughs> no, hell so, on. So I started Perseverance. Okay, so then you played the record release show of 
Rocks. No, fuck with uh, fuck Urban Discipline, Lamores, Biohazard. And, yes, I did. Then I, that was my first time. And you know ever why? Seeing Perseverance. And you know why? And I'm trying to get that fucker on right now because of Dominic. Remember Dominic? Yeah, Delu- De- Deluca. Dominic Deluca, Man on the Street, yep. MTV. Yeah. The reason why, dude, it's so fuck. I. I I have so many friends that I love them for all Mariana reasons, but Dominic DeLuca, we were playing. I don't know him well. I met him a few times through oh, people, so if he saw me, he'd be like, I don't know who the fuck you He's are. He's a fucking great dude, and we're still friends to this day. But right. again, we were playing a showcase, and fucking Typo Negative was playing, and Life Agony played like a couple songs. We played a couple songs. Confusion played a couple songs, and Marauder played a couple songs. Marauder, and up holy shit! Yeah, and Dominic was a DJ at Lamores for Lamores in Brooklyn. And Dominic, Dominic me and Dominic started talking. He's like, "Dude, why aren't you guys playing more shows?" And I was like, "Well, we, you know, I don't really know." And he was like, "Yo, I'll hook you up." Hello, so Dominic. And it wasn't Urban Discipline. It was fucking. Which is the one after the first album? Urban Discipline. Was it Urban Discipline? Yeah. And yeah. Then, so uh, State of the World was after that. Yeah. So that that is why we played that show because of Dominic DeLuca. All right, because I remember, uh, and it wasn't like, oh man, it was like album one out, and I remember the night I went there was I think it was my honestly I I was one of the younger kids where Lamore's was, I was too young to go. I couldn't go. And uh, I remember going, you guys played. And I remember when Biohazard came on and here's what I remember about the night specifically. There was this Asian girl stage diving and she had Doc Martens on. She kept stage diving, but kicking people in the fucking face. And I think I, 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 I don't want to say I did, Someone punched her. <laughs> I don't want to say it was me, but I remember standing there. I remember looking to my right or left, and I just remember being like, wait a minute. Is that Vito Brado standing over there at a biohazard show? I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? I didn't know Vito Brado was from fucking Brooklyn because I hated White Lion. You know, I was, he, was, he was standing there like biohazard. You know, I'm like, wait a minute. And I remember Biohazard, they only played, they played the entire first record, I think. Yep. They only played Shades of Grey on that show. Yep. Because the record wasn't done yet, and they were like, this is a new song on the next record, and they played Shades of Grey, and then that little Asian girl, she was about two feet fucking tall, kept jumping off and same direction, kept kicking with those fucking boots, man. I'll never forget that night because I was like, that little Asian girl kicked me a million times. And that was the old Lemoore's, not the new Lemoore's, before it closed. It was before it closed and then opened up in that other Yes, year. so that was Lemoore's where yeah. Megadeth shot their whole killing is my business. Not, I'm sorry, sorry, wrong song. That's where they shot Peace Cell's video, parts, yeah. parts yep. of that. And then it shut down and they opened up in that other weird spot or whatever. Yes, and they changed the room around. It was fuck, all yeah. fucked up and shit. That's where I played my first show, one of my first shows with Stereo Mud before we were signed. 
which is weird because I'm from this. You know, I used to bounce at Sundance, right? No idea. Yeah, so I've been. I worked at Sundance from '86 till it closed, and I never ran into you. Wait, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I don't care. I, I fucking tell you, bitch. I'm fucking proud of my age. I'm 51. I just turned 51 in July. Oh, my wife just turned 51 uh, last week, but I didn't tell you that. <laughs> I want to bring my phone out there and show you what her and my neighbor are up to right now. It's hysterical. I want to see it, but uh, while I'll you're on your way, talk to Tony. I'll be right back. I got to fucking um, meet a man about a horse. What horse? <laughs> Tony. Is this guy kidding me right now? I don't know what's going on at your house, but I can hear it in the background. It sounds like a fucking party. Wait, you want to, all right. And we were getting into it before we sort of got sidetracked. So right after I left, I fell down. Um, Wait, Dead I'm, Superstar, you there? Wait, I'm here. My phone. Yeah. So right after I left Dead Superstar, I got an offer to play in a band that I know and you know very well, and I was just, man, let me. Well, I want to tell you. I was Metallica? on the fence. Metallica? No. Right. <laughs> it was Prong. Oh. Well. Because Tommy's wife is a good friend of mine. So she was like, come try it out. I know you do it, blah, 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 blah. And it was in California. I just I just couldn't do it, dude. I, my what heart year? Year was, that? was not and is not there anymore. And shit, but I, I just don't want that life anymore, dude. You know what I hate? And you may agree, you probably will. It's some of these dudes uh, are writing the best shit of their careers now. And it it's like, yeah, you passed your prime, man, and it sucks because had you written what you're writing now, then, I, I, you're like, prom? Their new shit? I fucking, it's right up my alley, but it's like, wait a minute, man. I'm going to give it my 401k to do that. No, no one cares anymore. A couple of people do, but they're sustaining. At, at the best, you know, it, it's hard, man, especially when you talk to people that that are doing it on a much bigger level and they're struggling. And I don't want to yeah. name bands, but I know guys that are like you're you've been around a long time and you've been consistent and you're still doing. Three thousand to five thousand a night. And you're still struggling when you get home, like struggling when you get home. I can't do that anymore, man. I'm too old for that shit, dude. around that, man. It's like, I don't want to say I'm, I sold out or whatever. It's like, no, nah, man. It's, you got to draw a line somewhere and say, you know, no one's ever going to be fucking James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich and all. And not, that's not going to happen in metal again. And if it does, then then you can come and fucking kick the shit out of me. But Well, it's not going to happen that for us, because we're out of that, I want, I don't want to say we're out of that category, but we are. But it's too fucking fleeting, man. I just, I, I, I can't sacrifice what yeah. I worked so hard for. Yeah, yeah. For that, you know, I mean, listen, the music thing treated me 
quite well, man. I, and I lived, uh, you know, did I see the top of the heap? I've taken a peek behind the curtain because I got, I was uh, on tours that, uh, or around people because of the push behind Stereo Mud. We were, it was weird, man. It, it was actually kind of weird when, when, when uh, right before we got signed and when we got signed, it was kind of like we were this band that we weren't even out there yet. But, but you were the next big thing. We were the next. Yes, you were. I remember like, that. It was weird. Like, I'm. How, am I in this band or am I watching from the outside looking in? I'm like, it was fucking weird, man. When you're sitting in Sony building doing an interview with Japanese press and there's a translator, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I interviewed with the Island Ear and Phil Erdman and all that shit, you know? And it's like, this is fucking weird. And someone's translating what I'm saying for Japanese. And I'm, and they're like, and I remember them telling me when they saying, yeah, so we're seeing probably, you know, in America, your first record, this record doing about 3 million records. And I'm like, I handed out 600 demos for free. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And when you're hearing numbers like that, and you're like, wow, I get to pay off, you know, and I'm going to get a little choked up right now because my goal, my plan at the time, and I remember me and Joey talking about it, was uh, my sister is the only one of the three kids to graduate college and went to Hofstra for accounting and whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pay her college education off. I was, that was my, my plan was buy my mom a house, pay my sister's college off. And when they said that many records, I was like, well, I'm going to have a lot of fucking money. I'm taking care of them first and then I'll deal with my own shit, you know? And that was, that was my goal. Yeah. That was really my goal. It wasn't like, give me a bunch of strippers and cocaine. Cause I was never into that fucking lifestyle. I never got into the drugs. I like weed. I like wine, whatever. But, but you like booze too, bitch, because I drank with you many a times. Yeah, but I don't drink like that anymore. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more weed than, than booze now. And uh, on weekends, weekends only. I don't drink during the week. Nothing. Friday nights, I'll have some wine, and which, uh, you know, I, I, gotta, I just poured a big one. I, I emptied my bottle. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm pouring it. I'm like, I may as well just pour the whole fucking thing. But uh, when I'm done with you guys, I'm gonna go I'm get my smoke on and relax. But, I uh, wish I could, man. I wish I could. I'm gonna, and I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Stoner Patch Kids. So, John. Yeah. Just not to change gears. Um, but to change gears. What do you want to talk about? Politics? No, I don't want to. I, listen, politics are as fucked as they're ever going to be. Ever. Ever. We had this conversation. I told you I vote policy, not person. And not party. Party? Listen, this is the party right now. There's three dudes in a party. There's, exactly. There's so, a black guy, a bald white guy, and a hairy white dude. And uh, <laughs> you know what? Everyone's cool. I have to tell you, I'm pretty happy. Um, I hope you are. I, I'm not happy. I'm not. 
well, let me rephrase that. I'm happy for myself that I left when I did because right now I'd be fucking mad as fuck and not know what to do with myself, man. Because how the fuck do you make money if you can't do live shows? Well, I was exactly. I mean, uh, you could do these. Uh, I don't know how proud any of our peers are of doing it, but these cringeworthy quarantine videos that I see, some of them, not all of them, some of them. I, it's like, man, if you don't have a side hustle, you better fucking get one and quick because, you know, Eddie Van Halen just died and guess what? You're not fucking next Eddie Van Halen because there is no next Eddie Van Halen. Sorry to say. I was never a diehard Van Halen fan, but I just realized in the last 48 hours how much I appreciate and actually like Van Halen. You know what I mean? For me, it was like Metallica Slayer, the big four, you know, and then the Bay Area thrash scene. But you know why people jump on stage? I was actually, I had to do a phone thing with my wife's radio show the other day. Everyone's like, oh, new metal with the jumping on stage. Nah, man, Eddie fucking Van Halen was the dude that invented jumping on fucking stage. Angus Young did the headbanging. Eddie Van Halen did the fucking jumping. And you could thank both of them for doing what they did because we wouldn't be here right now without those two motherfuckers. So. As far as a metal thing. So coming from a different background than you, born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens, moved to Long Island when I was like eight and a half, nine years old. One of the first, at that time, right. metal, hard rock, whatever the fuck you want to call it, classifications, the first song I've heard that was like, oh, wow, listen to that, was Running With The Devil. Yeah. So I've been a Van Halen fan since that song. Wait, is that what you got into Van Halen with, or is that what got you into heavier music? That's what got me into heavier music. Wow. Yeah, because I was like eight and a half, nine years old, and we moved from fucking Queens okay. to fucking Hop Hog. Now, how was that with you and being a black kid from Queens and Brooklyn to coming out to white-ass Long Island and getting thrown into school? It was, it was fucking awesome. Well, it's awesome now that I get to look back on it. Because, so, and I tell, I was just telling this to somebody the other day that I'm, I have the unique, I had the unique opportunity to be the birth of hip hop and the birth of metal. Yeah. So I am where Run DMC and all that shit started. And also where all that other shit side of it so i had mostly black friends of course living in fucking um south ozone park queens right, then right, moving right. to hop hog central Island, i had mostly white friends but right. they listened to a different type of music and what was great being so young i wasn't influenced by anyone music so i was you know predominantly black family that right. listened to soul r&b and that time the birth of hip-hop right and then my friends who I hung out with, 
listening to mostly hard rock. You know, Van Halen was probably the fucking hardest at that time in 78, 79. Right. And shit. So it's almost like an equal mix that what happened, I fucking love it, dude. Yeah, it's fucking, but that's what introduced me was I remember listening to BAB. Yeah. <laughs> song that plays 40 fucking songs, the, the top 40 that plays the same 40 songs all fucking day. You got a rock block of Skinner coming. It's like, you pre, gonna... listen to me, pre Metal Shop. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Metal Shop was even around then. Right. Fucking, it was, it, it, in the long run, It I feel that it molded me great. Because I'm not one side or another. I'm both sides. Yeah. But yeah, so I, you know, Van Halen was a thing. And Van Halen led me to Iron Maiden, which led me to Steve Harris, which is the reason why I fucking play bass to this day. That's crazy. You know, it's funny, man, is, uh, let's see, for me, it was, let's see, I'm 47. Uh, so... Four years old was my cousin. He wasn't—he's a family friend, but he was, you know, your cousin. Uh, showed me Kiss. I was fucking 1977, and I hounded my parents because I saw Kiss. I was like, "Oh my god, they are like superheroes," but. They do this, and it was weird. I don't. Even, I remember where I was when I heard it first. I heard ELO and Kiss at the same time on my little cousin's little record player or whatever. Me and my brother hounded my dad, and TSS. Remember TSS? I don't that, know who TSS is. TSS. It was Times Square Store. It was called, and it turned into Seedman's. Yes, yes, yes. All right, TSS store. Yeah, okay. Yes, 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 I do. Okay. We went in Elmont on uh, Hempstead Turnpike in Elmont. So we hounded my dad. My brother was a year and a half older than me. We hounded him, hounded him, hounded him. And my dad, my dad's cool, man. He, 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 he music-wise, my dad's actually both my parents fucking cool music-wise. And uh, brings us to uh, when you go into TSS, to the left was like a little... Uh, deli or not a deli a little diner and to the right was record record world and then you go into the whole department store we go into the record world he wouldn't tell us why we were there and he's walking around and i was too short and i'm still too short but at the time i was <laughs> yeah i was short to the point where i couldn't really see the records you know and uh he's walking around flipping through i'm like daddy what are you doing and when you still called your dad daddy Daddy, what are you doing? Yeah, go look over there, you know. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and he's flipping through, and I'm like, are we getting Kiss records? Yeah, I'm not in. He's like, go. You know, your mom doesn't like that Kiss stuff. My mom was so anti-Kiss back then. And uh, he buys, he wouldn't see, he wouldn't show us what he was buying. So I'm assuming that we were just with him to get out of the house to give my mom a break. And, you know, he's buying shit for himself. And, you know. Pays for it. We leave. Don't know what he has. We get to back to the house. Like, What'd you buy? What'd you buy? What'd you buy? And we're hounding him, and he pulls out. Boom. Holds it up. Chipmunk's Christmas. And we're like, <laughs> what do 
we were like, uh, you know, enthused, but not really. Like, oh, fuck, we thought he was getting his kiss record. Like, oh, yeah, Christmas shit month. And then he, boom, he holds double. Dress to kill and destroy it. And we were like, yeah. One stereo in the house, one record player, one everything in the living room. Me and my brother lost our shit, man. We're fucking... <laughs> and we're diving off the couch. We're like, girl, we got kiss, you know? My mom's like, oh, Chipmunk's Christmas. Let's listen to this. <laughs> she was so like, fuck. He put that on. We lost our minds. And it was just Dress to Kill and Destroyer. And Dress to Kill, I'll tell you right now, is Destroyer's amazing but Dress to Kill is probably in my top five favorite records of all time. I it, it was the it just every song on it, just everything about it, the black and white cover, and then the weird, uh, you know, how they did the negative on the other mm-hmm. side or whatever. Just everything about it was, you know, we would paint our faces as much as we could, get into my mom's makeup, all that bullshit. <laughs> and, uh, Turn me in that that I flipped my lid. Kiss was everything, and then I don't know what happened. That was what seventy seven, but you know you grow up listening to your parents' shit, the Eagles and all that. I didn't realize how much the Eagles were my Beatles, and uh, and then Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast. My brother comes home nineteen eighty two, and I was not uh, nine, right? Yeah, about nine. Killers is better, but okay, go ahead. Killers is amazing, but Number of the Beast, my brother brings it home and puts on Number of the Beast. And he put it backwards because we had it on tape, and side two is Number of the Beast. Yes, that's correct. is Invaders, and it goes. He put it on side two, and you know, six, six. And at first, I was like, You got that new one. Yeah, I was like, oh. No, I was like, Ah, fuck this. And then I got into disco and break dancing and all that bullshit. And then. I one day was like, can I get this number of the beast tape from you? And Iron Maiden was it. I wanted to play bass. I wanted to be Steve Harris. I my dad had a bass. My dad tried to play bass. And I was like, I want your bass. I took his bass. I learned Power Slave and Smoking in the Boys Room. Put it in my put it back in a case, threw it under the bed, forgot about it, got into sports and all that shit. And then uh wanted to play guitar and bought a guitar off my buddy and just taught me a chord, taught me wasted years, breaking the law and uh crazy train. And that was the end of it, man. I was fucking, I was tell you something. if I could build a shrine, it would be to Steve Harris. I, I, I've always been like, that's my guy, Steve Harris. That's how it works. Wait, you froze up. I said Steve Harris yeah. and then John Entwistle. Ah, Boris the Spider. Yeah. Uh, Tony, yep. what about you, brother? Since you're on the outside of us as far as string instruments go. I mean, I play a little bit. <laughs> um. So uh, what is the actual question here? Is what made you go on your journey for drumming uh my journey i actually was so when i was younger i was into um rap 
yeah. Uh, like Puff Daddy and the family. You know what I'm saying? Like that whole. I was in that whole scene for a while. Wait, and then, Tony, how old are you? I'm 33. You motherfucker, you're a millennial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sadly. Uh, and um, but like. You guys like Trump. What's that? Who likes Trump out of the three of us? Uh, I'm voting the old uh, Brewster's Millions, none of the above. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you're a millennial and you know Brewster's Millions. I'm old school, man. I don't even classify old, myself with them. You have old cousins or brothers, don't you, or sisters? I got two, three sisters. All right, Troy. All right, so I have to be honest. We don't have to be honest. We don't have to go and record as we get edited out. I, I will not edit this out. I don't like him. I don't dislike him. I find him very entertaining. I don't like Biden. I don't dislike Biden. I find him mildly entertaining. Um, I'm about, listen, and I've said, I say this all the time. I talk to this about, with my wife about this. Yeah. There's three classes. You're in a strange- we had this conversation. There's Boy, you're in, a, you're in a very unique spot. There's the upper class, there's the lower class, and then, and then there's us. No but, one cares about us. It's either upper or lower, and we're the fucking worker bees. So until someone shows that they care about us, me, fuck them all. That's how I am, but, but, gun to the head, November 3rd. What do you got to do? What are you going to do? What I'm going to do? I'm going to sit home. Oh, no. <laughs> you got to go and do what, what, what Tony's doing. Get my smoke on now. I didn't smoke yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Huh. You go enjoy that, brother. And hey, yeah. um, Tony. Fucking, thank you, brother. I appreciate you so much. No, nah, man. Bro. You know, anyone that wants to actually speak to me, you know, ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking Troy. You're the man, Tony. You're the second man. <laughs> you're like his vice president. Yep. Thank you, John. Thank you, Troy. <laughs> I'll talk to you fucking soon, brother. Yeah, I'm sure you're gonna text me as soon as you log off of here. Yes, I am, son. All right, well, Tony, good to fucking meet you, Meryl. It's nice to meet you too, brother. Don't All right, brother. Me. Thank you. I love you, John. Love you, bro. Later. Later. <laughs> I don't know how to log off. I just quit. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in this week. We hope you guys had a great time listening. We had a great time talking. We'll see you next time. Stay filthy, America. And here's a little Blackwater Rising for you. It's a man out!